Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their story of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success does not happen in isolation, we are recognizing the folks who have come alongside of us to help us as we are building our business. I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest holds a Guinness World Record for the largest high heel race in the world. So we're definitely going to want to hear more about that. She loves Mm -hmm. to entertain and started a garden during COVID. And she's most proud of her amazing family who never fail to show up for one another. It is my pleasure to welcome Michelle to the show today. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Tim. How are you? It's good to see you again. We were saying before we got started, it's nice to be back engaging with people again, in person and virtually both. So true. Now, um, before we get into the, the, I just need to hear more about the, this high heel race. Right. So um, I, it's, uh, unfortunately it's, it's mounted on my wall right over here, so I can't take it down. But um, so when I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, I was the president of the Women's Bureau Board of Directors. And we had a, um, a program called REACT. It was a rape awareness, rape crisis center. And you may have heard of something called Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a high heel race where predominantly men um, wear high heels, four inch red high heels, and walk a mile to speak out saying that rape and sexual assault is unacceptable and they're going to stand up against that and for the the people in their lives who have been survivors and victims. Um, That said, one year, we'd done the race a couple of years, we'd had great success. And one year, my dear friend Liz and my other dear friend Denise, who had kicked this off, um, decided we were going to, the three of us decided we were going to go for the Guinness record. And very long story short, I ended up chairing it that year and we made it. 967 walkers, I believe the Guinness record still stands. Um, I would never try it again, but I'm glad we did it. And it's a, the award holds a place of honor in my office. That is awesome. Well, Michelle, let's have you uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, a little bit about your family and your hobbies. Sure. So my name is Michelle Merritt. I am the founding partner of Circle City Coaching. Um, we provide leadership coaching to people in the job search process. So resumes, um, interview coaching, job search coaching, salary negotiation coaching, etc. Started this business over 10 years ago now, which is mind boggling to me. I swore I would never be a business owner. Both of my parents are small business owners. I watched them go through the blood, the sweat, the tears of it to their point of retirement today and swore that I would never do it. And life took a couple of interesting turns more than a decade ago. And um, I leveraged my experience in community engagement, in national recruiting at the Fortune 100 level, and ultimately opened this firm with my partner, who doubles as my husband, Jason. <laughs> so um, where were you born? Where do you guys live? Yeah. So we live family. here in Westfield. We moved back to Westfield after spending a little more than a decade in Fort Wayne. Um, I am from Indianapolis originally. Jason's originally from Northeast Indiana. Um, I grew up in Decatur, Illinois. Um, soybean capital of the world and moved back to the racing capital of the world. So um, I'm a Midwest girl as Jason is a Midwest guy at heart. So um, we love the Midwest. 
I think it's the greatest place to live. People often ask me, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I'd probably be hosting a travel show about how much I love Indiana. Um, <laughs> contrary to the media and the press we get in the Midwest, I think it's the greatest place to live. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, so you, in your, your introduction, I shared that you started a garden. Tell us a little bit about that. I did. I did. So I grew up in with grandparents as a very big influence in my life. And Jason's parents were older. So we knew their depression gardens growing up, you know? And so during COVID, we found ourselves with a little bit of time on our hands and started the garden that our grandparents had. We no longer try to plant vegetables. It became, you know, we had, I think the most expensive three eggplants you've ever <laughs> eaten. Um, but that's okay. And um, we do still have a huge garden with flowers and all of that. And we entertain all the time. So, you know, you guys will have to come for dinner. We, we love to entertain and, and cook out and do all of those things. So we still have all the flower gardens. We have an English <laughs> cottage that we love to, to garden around, but um, we've given up the vegetables. <laughs> well, I, 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 we have a vegetable garden and it is so much harder than what it appeared to be when my growing up, when my dad did it. I, I do have had some of those experience of expensive plants and a um, couple years in a row, I, or I, I've had to, to re rebuy plants because I planted them too early and the frost killed them. And right. yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. It, you don't just throw it in the ground and, and get some tomatoes out of it. <laughs> right. In central Indiana last year, as you know, we had frost well past Mother's Day, which is the planting day. So, you know, every night for a week, our entire backyard was covered in bed sheets so that we could, <laughs> and we're running in and out. It was just nonsense. And so perennials and, and, um, flowering things are, are where we're at today as a result. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Michelle, is there a, is there a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us? Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you had my mother here, I can tell you exactly which one she would share. Um, so we were at um, Mount Rushmore several years ago. My parents, you know, they, they were business owners. They, um, we didn't have a lot growing up because everything is I'm sure you've experienced gets put back into business and you're always focused that direction as a family. And so in my mid twenties, my mother announced, and when my mother announces, you don't say no, um, <laughs> that we were all going on the classic road trip to Mount Rushmore. And so we went and we're horseback riding and it's fair that horses and to say fair, it's fair to say horses and I are not friends. Um, my younger sisters all decided we were going horseback riding. And of course, I got the horse that wanted to stop and eat along the way and not actually be on the trail. And so my mother is saying, Michelle, tell the horse to go. Tell the horse to go. You know, and I'm like, come on. You know, and I'm trying to like bribe it along, buddy. I'll get you a carrot. Come on. You know, what do we need to do here? And being my perfect salesperson, you know, sort of voice. And, and my mother probably says, Michelle, just tell it to go. And I, she says, I screamed in what she calls my devil voice, mother, I am. And like, it, just, it was one of those moments where it just sort of radiated through the forest. And I'm sure every hiker for miles heard it. And yeah, I've never been on a horse since. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. And that was over 20 years ago. <laughs> so there you go. So Michelle, tell us uh, how the business came about it. And at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Sure. So 
There are days I still don't have the confidence I can run my own business. It's been a decade. <laughs> but let me say that, um, you know, I was in a position where um, I was working as the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce in Fort Wayne. Um, we came to a place where it was no longer the right move for me to stay. I felt like it was time for me to move on. Um, took a little time off, which I was fortunate to do and had the support at home to do. And not everyone can do that. I recognize that. And um, to figure out what I wanted to do next. And in doing so, um, certainly um, realized that I had this ability, right? I'd been a headhunter and a recruiter for many years, um, had been very successful at that. It was 2012 and people were starting to go back to work after the downturn, right? And so people were calling me up saying, hey, while you're figuring out your life, Will you help me with my resume? Will you get me through this interview? I'll pay you. And I, I said, okay. And I knew enough to not put those checks in my personal bank account. So I called my banker, Stephanie Vite, who is an amazing banker, and um, said, I have this money. What do I do? And she said, congratulations. Check your email. You're becoming a business today. I just sent you the paperwork. And here we are. So it was totally by accident. It was not something that I planned. In fact, it was everything I said I would never do. And every time I think that we've come to a point where maybe it's run its course, here we are and, and we keep moving. So um, it's, you know, we've had a lot of help along the way. I love the theme of what you talk about because I've known people over the years who say, oh yeah, I did this all on my own. Nobody did it on their own. <laughs> so um, you told us a little bit earlier about uh, Circle City Coaching, but give us some more details. What do you, what more specifically do you do for, how do you help folks and, um, and how can folks uh, learn more about you? Sure. So um, we have been writing resumes at the leadership level, meaning um, senior professionals to C-level executives um, for a decade now. Um, and then we leverage our experience in recruiting and corporate culture. Jason has a background in higher ed and specifically um, education technology. And so we leverage those backgrounds to really help people navigate the job search process, learning how to build a network, all of those things, leveraging that network. Um, and then we help people guide, guide by guiding them through the interview process, as well as the salary negotiation process. It's funny how few of us were actually taught to negotiate. Right. <laughs> Correctly. Right. So we do a lot of salary negotiation, coaching, things like that. So you can always find us on our website. LinkedIn is the place where we hang out most. That's sort of our social chosen social media, if you will. Um, and you know, I would say just reach out. So hold on. Wait a minute. You can negotiate yeah. your salary. You can. <laughs> Rumors are true. Especially in this market. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. But you have to be careful with that, right? I mean, you have to really give some thought to the strategy behind what you're asking for and why, and to know what makes up your compensation. It's probably the number one conversation I have with people. Make sure you understand what makes up the compensation that you want, mm -hmm. right? You might get a $10,000 raise, but if your insurance, by the time you factor in um, deductibles and all of that is $8,000 higher, I, it may not be worth the move. Sure. Yeah. So it's sort of the good on paper guy or gal, you know, you got to kind of navigate that and yeah. know what that really means. <laughs> so Michelle, tell us the story of where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it 
even though maybe you weren't sure and, and the impact that that person had on you? You know, there's been a lot of those people along the way. So it's hard for me to pick just one. Um, but I will say, you know, I come from a long line of doers, mm. right? Um, and I was very fortunate to have a partner in Jason who said, you know, figure it out. Whatever it is you want to go do, go do it, mm. right? We'll figure it out. And probably the best <laughs> affirmation of that um, came not long ago when my son called home and said, mom, I negotiated a raise. And I said, well, good job, buddy. And he repeated back everything that I thought he had never listened to, <laughs> right? Because you never think your children actually listen, right? And all the things that he had overheard me say to clients over the years, all of that were repeated back to me. Wow. And I thought, here we are, right? <laughs> and he's now negotiating raises regularly and doing a great job. So um, hands down, he is our greatest success story for many reasons. But, um, you know, I think there's just been so many people along the way that you have to have, in my opinion, if you're going to choose to have a partner, it has to be someone who's in your corner. Mm -hmm. And that's where we say all the time in our family, we show up. We may not always show up as our best selves, um, but we show up. <laughs> yeah. Right. We are here in the tough days. We're here to celebrate. But, you know, when the going gets tough, the three of us know that all we have to say is I need. Mm. And the other two step up. Oh, that's great. Uh, every time. Right. And we don't say it lightly. Mm. Right. We don't put people out, but we, you know, I need whatever. Yeah. The other two of us will always step up. I love that. What's your biggest learning over the years as a business owner? Oh, gosh, that, I, that I'm not going to get it all right. <laughs> right? I mean, not everyone's going to like you. Mm. Right? I'm a certified Gallup Strengths Coach. Jason and I both are. Um, I love that. Right? Positivity is my top talent. So I'm really taking, <laughs> I have to tell you, I take real offense at all this toxic positivity talk these days in the media. But, um, you know, because I am so positive, I tend to think that everyone's going to find a silver lining and everyone's going to like us and all of those things. Not true, right? Um, there's going to be someone who doesn't and that's on them. Yeah. And, and so it's been a real learning lesson for me because I've always been that person who strives to get everyone to communicate. Communication's also in my top five talents um, and get everybody in their proper places so everybody's working together well. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and that's okay. You know, it's okay to move on. Yes. <laughs> my, I, I, I'm similar in that and wanting people to like me. My coaches had to tell me multiple times, Tim, just delete that email. Don't even stop <laughs> reading it. It doesn't matter. Who cares what they think of you? Right? They're, they're just right. not your people. And that's all right. Move on. Right. right. <laughs> and I think knowing who your people are is vital. Mm. And you're onto something there, right? It's like, okay, there are some people who aren't my people. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but if you are middle of the world, Midwesterner, you know, you're probably my people, yeah. right? I, I, I love a good Midwesterner. I, I like the people from other coasts too. I, I really do. But, um, you know, I just, I know who our people are. And in fact, we're going through a marketing exercise right now to really identify those personas in our, in our clients. Um, as we look back on the last decade, how that's changed and all of that. So um, luckily I'm not the research person <laughs> in the organization. So I, I don't have that big project, but 
Uh, it's being done with gusto as we speak. So <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. Michelle, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about a challenge that you had over the years and and a fellow business owner who came alongside you and helped you through that. Right. So we have a, we have some great partnerships, right? Um, but the one that comes to mind the most over the years, and it, it's it's funny, it formed out of friendship, and then we both started doing similar work. Um, you may or may not know Deborah Boggs, but um, Deb and I got to know each other. And of course, her husband, Steve and Jay, we all became friends um, when we all lived in Fort Wayne. None of us live there anymore. Um, but over the years, we Deb and I transitioned from doing complementary work within the community to doing similar work now. They work with more C-level executives. We work with more mid-tier executives, things like that. And um, just over the years have really been there for one another. And there have been so many other mentors along the way. But when I think of a business owner, she's certainly the person that is always in my corner, right? She's that colleague. And I, and we say this a lot, you know, we'll send a text, a, a dear diary text of, <laughs> you know, here's the crazy thing that someone said to me today or, or something like that. Um, and you have to have that person, right? So we're grateful for that partnership. There've been so many mentors along the way. Um, you know, when I was a headhunter, I didn't even know what recruiting was when I was recruited to be a headhunter. I'm 100% serious. <laughs> I didn't. I just knew recruiters were the people who called me and bumped me, right? I didn't know what successful recruiters did. And Garth Young um, came alongside me. He was the, the managing partner at Management Recruiters at the time here in Carmel and um, came alongside me and said, let me teach you. And nice. he did. And, you know, all of the partners at MRI, the Tammy Ramsey, one of my longtime mentors as a recruiter, you know, there, there just have been dozens and dozens of people, mm. you know, moving to Fort Wayne and so many people within the Fort Wayne community. I think about Dottie Davis, who has been, um, was the deputy chief of police in Fort Wayne. We served on multiple community boards together. I mentioned Liz Schatzline and Denise Bates and Chris Rachel. I mean, they're just, there have been so many powerful people who have come alongside me every time I think I'm going to fail. Plus again, I made the right choice in a spouse, you know? And so I'm really, really lucky there because I didn't always make the right choice in people in that area of my life. So, you know, that plays a huge role in that, right? And so all of those people have come alongside. I mean, I could go on for hours with lists. So when the person listening to this didn't hear their name, please know it's just because I can't get through the whole list. I feel like I'm at the Oscars, right? But I mean, it's true. There are just, there are just so many fabulous people. And it's, I feel like it's an insult to ever say that I did it myself. Yeah. You mentioned um, having the support of, of Jason, your, your spouse. And I, mm -hmm. the thing I hear a lot is it's very lonely at the top. I, mm -hmm. And, and folks, you know, business owners don't have somebody that they can, you know, reach out to, to talk to. So um, just to elaborate on that a little bit, just having that, that support at home and the ability to, you know, to talk shop and, and share stories and, and motivate and encourage one another. Just sure. tell how boundaries are your friend, right? So uh, we have a motto here, boundaries are your friend. And uh, we don't talk shop when we're not at work, yeah. right? We have very set times mm. that we talk about work and then we don't because we live together full-time. We went through a pandemic full-time. We're parents together. We're business owners together, all of those things. And it, 
each one of those things can consume your life yeah. if you're not careful, right? So we have some really structured things about our, our week and, our, and about our work week, about the time we take every Friday morning to run down the week, talk about the week ahead, what's working, what isn't, what we need to address. And then we close the books and we're done. Right. Because otherwise it can really take up your whole life. But, um, you know, and I'm hesitant to say I am lucky. I don't like the word blessed because I feel like that suggests that someone else isn't right. But um, and, and I, I'm hesitant with the word lucky, too, because we are very fortunate to have each other. But let's be really clear. We worked really hard on ourselves. Yeah. We worked really hard to be the person that is worthy of the other person. And we work at that every day and we work at that for our son too. And he chooses to um, show up and work at that as well. So um, it's a, it's a really good team and with his partner and, and all of that, she's a part of this team now too. And, and we all just show up for each other. I love the boundaries and, and I've talked with my clients a lot about that is, you know, for, for family members who work together, you have to leave the family relationship at home, right? When you mm-hmm. come into the office and vice versa, as you said, is when you get home, you've got to leave the work stuff at the mm-hmm. office and, 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 you know, be a family and right. uh, the, the two worlds. As you can Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say the two worlds, as you said, need to stop right at the door. Otherwise it gets very complicated. Sure. And as you can see, we share an office even, right? So the second floor of our home is all office. And so, but once we walk downstairs, that's it. It's done. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So Michelle, as you think over the next three to five years, uh, what are the biggest challenges that you're going to face to reach your goals? And who are the types of people you're going to need in your life to help you overcome those business challenges? So, you know, it's interesting. We are at a place right now, and that's the three to five year, what's your plan? Three goals, three to five year interview question, right? That we teach people to answer every day as well. But, <laughs> um, you know, what I'll say is, as we look to scale the business, we have come to that by being incredibly candid. And I hope I don't get bombarded with marketing people after saying this out loud. So please, <laughs> please don't instantly message me. Um, but we have come to that place in scaling our business where we're trying to figure out, have we taken it as far as we can take it? Mm. You, you know this bridge, right? Where absolutely. at what point do we have to bring in outside experts? We've built a nice little life here. Do yeah. we want to expand or do we want to just continue the steady growth that we have? And we have decisions to make. We're not there yet. And again, please, please, please do not um, send me a bunch of marketing spam. I already have a great marketing person. Um but, you know, we're at that point. And, he, and even our marketing person, Anthony, has um, challenged us to say, um, you know, you have decisions to make. Yeah. And, and we're grateful to have his support and his knowledge in that time, too. Yeah. So. What, a, what an exciting um, time, because mm-hmm. you're right. This we've I face this with my clients all the time is. You know, there's a great book of what got you here, won't get you there. Right? And, and, right. and another way to look at that is the business can only grow, you know, to the owner's knowledge, skills and, and capacity. Right? And so every, every successful business owner comes to this point where they have to decide, right, do we want to scale it to the next level or don't we? And there's not a right, right or wrong answer. Right. It's it's whatever the individual wants. Um, if they decide that they want to take it to the next level, it, it does mean 
you know, thinking differently and, and preparing differently and, um, and bringing in different resources. But at the end of the day, it's, it's whatever the business owner decides that they right. want for themselves. And, and, you know, and again, there's no wrong answer. It's, it's what you right. two will decide that's right for you. Right. Yeah. You bet. Yeah, and we ask our clients the same kinds of questions, right? Mm-hmm. You know, our clients face it on more of an individual basis every day as well. Sure, right. Yes, I can imagine, right? Do you, do you really mm-hmm. want to get that promotion and take on all that added <laughs> responsibility? Right. Yes or no, right? Right. <laughs> and it doesn't make you a failure if you choose not to. No. Right? No. And I think that's really the myth, right? You and I have talked before about the hustle and the grind and all of that, and people are addicted to the hustle. Right. And it's so sad to me. And there was a time in life when I was flying all over the country, recruiting executives from one place to the other and, you know, going out to fancy dinners and, you know, at 10 o'clock at night and fancy clubs and all the stuff. I mean, I did all that. I've done it. But, you know, there's an addiction that comes to that grind. And you really have to, uh, for me, I really had to be careful. Yeah. There, because that can take precedent over everything. Absolutely. If you're not careful. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, there is a difference between, you know, working harder versus working smarter. Right. And exactly. so we don't, to scale a business doesn't mean that we have to go back, get sucked back into that hustle and grind. Right. But we, we, it does mean that we have to understand the tools and, and the best practices exactly. to help us exactly. to scale. And, you know, and I love what you said. We, we also have to protect ourselves against that because, culturally, right, hustle and grind is romanticized. Right? And, mm-hmm. and it, the, everybody talks about it as if it's the way it's supposed to be. And, and certainly mm-hmm. when we're starting a new business, we, we need to mm-hmm. do the hustle and grind, but that it's not sustainable. Right? We, we can't right. work those long hours on a year over year over year. There are too many businesses go out of business because the business owner gets burnt out. Right. Right. I remember, and I'm dating myself a little bit, but there was a commercial a few years back by Cadillac about the hustle and the grind and all of that. And it was out for a minute because they just got obliterated. And I think Ford <laughs> then turned around and made an, an opposing commercial or something. But um, and it was only out for a minute. But I remember because I'd been so addicted to the hustle when I was a recruiter that like the first time I saw this commercial, it left such an impression on me, right? It was very Wolf of Wall Street kind of thing. And, yeah. and I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I have to go buy a catalog, <laughs> right? And it was Jay who had to say, come back here, calm down. You know? Right? <laughs> this is, you know, because you have to have those people in place who will check yeah. you. Yes, I, I, I'm sure you run into this as well in your industry. But, um, I have so many people that business owners that I talk to that are just exhausted right? And tired and worn out and beat up and, and they don't even, they're not even excited about their business anymore because they've hustled and grinded for too long. Right. Right. And you lose, you can lose the passion, but I think you can get it back, but you've got to take a, you've got to be conscious about it. You've got to take a step back, align yourself with people who are going to tell you the hard truth in a way that is still supportive of you and really be able to take take that time and not everybody's fortunate enough to take a sabbatical right but um being able to take some time for some self-care we make fun of that word right it's not a pedicure self i mean if self if you want a pedicure go get one but (laughs) it's it's not a pedicure right it is really about that time to step back and take care of yourself yeah and make sure that you really are seeing things clearly 
absolutely. So Jim Rohn, one of my favorite authors, he said, one of his quotes, I, I just, I, I love it. it. You, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So yeah. as you think about that in, in your business journey, mm -hmm. is that something that is exciting? Something that's makes you nervous? What's your standpoint on that quote? So I, I always make a point to surround myself with people who are tons smarter than me, right? Um, so if you look at my circle, personally and professionally, uh, because they do tend to blur sometimes, not all the time. Um, I'm a big believer in having separate parts of your life. Yeah. Um, but who I surround myself with, every one of them makes me step up, mm. right? Um, you know, one of the things that I, the story I always tell is that um, I entered high school and probably graduated high school with a fifth grade reading level. Mm. I'm a writer today. Wow. Right. Those two things don't make sense. Right. And back then you took the standardized test at the end of the year and they posted your scores on the door because it was the 80s and we didn't really care about your feelings. Right. <laughs> and so, um, right. Sorry. And so um, everyone knew that I was not a good reader and quickly got labeled the dumb cheerleader. Right. And which I was a cheerleader. So. Um, and, you know, I went all through my high school career, barely getting by mm. in that regard. And, you know, it wasn't until much later in life when I was recruiting that another partner at MRI, Ken Burns, um, came to me and said, I think, I, I, I think there's something I can help you with. Mm. And he was willing to call me out to say that he had noticed this and wanted to help me with some goal setting. Oh, wow. That would get me to where I needed to be today. And, you know, that was a great, can't serve that great, a great purpose in my life at that time. And it was, it really turned me into a ferocious reader that led me to open a business where I write for a living. Now, let me say <laughs> it, great editors, right? <laughs> Let's be, yeah, every editor needs an editor. But, um, you know, it, so it really made a huge difference to surround myself with people who were not only smarter than me in some way, shape or form, mm -hmm. but were willing to be kind to me and help me step up, yeah. right? And there isn't one person that is regularly in my life that doesn't make me step up. That's awesome. Right, if I'm comfortable, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now that doesn't mean I don't feel warm and welcomed and yeah. all of that, right? It's not as though someone's belittling me. That is not making you step up. Sure. Right, there is a giant difference between arrogance and confidence. Yes. <laughs> but how well, having yeah. those people really makes a huge difference. Yeah. So just closing out here, Michelle, if there was something catastrophic that happened in the business, Who's the first person you'd call and what would that conversation be? Oh, that's a good question. So, um, you know, obviously, I, my assumption is Jay would already know. So we would <laughs> remove him from the list because he would probably be a part of that, right? Um, so then it becomes, um, there are four, I have, I have four incredibly close friends. So depending on the catastrophe, right? Um, the level of that. Um, you know, up until very recently, I still had all of my grandparents. And they were in many ways the people that I checked in with. Um, I have great parents who do that too. The difference though, is that my parents want to care for me as their child first, Yes. right? As opposed to walking me through 
the business always. Um, And so, you know, up until very recently, it was my grandfather's. And I still have one grandfather left. He's 90. He'll be 99 this year. Um, Best dancer in Macon County, Illinois, and um, has has a line of girlfriends, let me tell you. But um, that, that's okay. It's, it's a great way to live being 98 and soon to be 99. So, um, you know, so definitely it's still that circle, mm. right? I I can turn any direction and know that depending on the need, there's somebody there yeah. because we've built that circle over the years and that didn't come easy, yes. right? And we talk to people about their network all the time in building and activating their network for their careers. That didn't come easy. Sure. Um, you know, and so as we think about the business and where we want to move in the future, there are people in our lives that we help build up and or who have helped build us up and we help build them up. Yeah. And when, again, all we have to do is say, I need. Yeah, I love that. So Michelle, you, some incredible people you've had in your life who have helped you on your journey. Yeah. If they were all here on the show today, what would you want to say to them? You know, I, I think, again, I can't list them all because there's just too many, but, um, you know, it's just a, a truly, a, a true sense of gratitude and thanks. You know, um, they know I love them. I, I can't say that enough. And, and, and we don't let those things go unsaid. We are a family who we say the things, right? The things that make you a little uncomfortable, all of that. We don't leave without saying goodbye or I love you. We don't hang up. We say that to our friends, to our people closest to us. Um, you know, we, we, we do not let things go unsaid. Some of that's out of life experience. So, um, they know how we feel. That's awesome. Michelle, been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It was great to see you again. Yeah, you too. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting us on your social media. To join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.